0: What's up, everybody? James Jenkins here. You are listening to the Agency Freedom Podcast, where we take our listeners from captive to indie to market domination. Thanks for joining us. This is episode eight. And it's a very special episode because we are now officially done with our foundation episodes. The first 12 uh, concepts that we need to tackle together were covered in episodes 1 through 7. Really, I guess 2 through 7 because episode 1 was the origin story, uh, the background of how we got on this crazy journey. Episodes 2 through 7 are ready for your consumption if you haven't found them yet. Uh, They go through the 12 areas of concern. I'm not going to list out the 12 for our regular listeners will want to stab me in the eye because they've heard the list quite a few times. But I am really excited for the first interview we will uh, have on AFP because it is a very special person, my favorite person uh, that walks the earth, Uh, my wife, Allison Jenkins, my business partner, uh, my collaborator, advisor, partner in crime, whatever you want to call her. We are going to have a candid conversation about the other half of the equation. For those of us who are uh, married, uh, who are running an agency, it's very much a family affair. And I think Uh, This is a great opportunity to hear some other perspective on uh, the launch and the running of an independent shop. Uh, Allison uh, does not hold back. Uh, This is a great, uh, candid, just unedited, unfiltered conversation. I think it's a great opportunity uh, for you to share with your spouse and have them listen as well. uh, For those of you that are uh, married, doing the independent insurance game or perhaps considering making your freedom jump. So before we jump into the intro and get started with the interview, I have the same three requests that I always have. One, please subscribe to Agency Freedom Podcast on whatever platform you prefer to listen on. Two, please leave a review if you like what you hear. The reviews help us tremendously to reach new people. And third and most importantly... Share the Agency Freedom podcast with someone that you know in the captive world. Uh, We are on a mission to help people reach their maximum potential and their career goals. And uh, as anyone who has made the Freedom Jump knows, uh, those potential and goals are not best reached in the captive world. So thank you in advance for subscribing, leaving a review, and sharing this podcast. And let's jump into the intro and then the interview with Allison, my wife. There are two kinds of people in the insurance industry those who are captive and those who are free. This is the Agency Freedom Podcast. There is so much I wish I would have known before I made the freedom jump to the independent side. I mean, even now, I feel like I'm learning something new every single month. We're all about helping insurance agency owners and sales professionals reach your maximum potential and flex your freedom. My team and I replaced six years of captive agency revenue in 17 months with RiskWell. 17 months, man. It's crazy. This show is where I share our successes, our failures, and what I've learned along the way. We lay out a blueprint of how to make your freedom jump from captive to indie to market domination. I'm bringing you colleagues from markets across the country with dozens of different specialties. They're eager to share their stories and best practices with you. I'm your host, James Jenkins. Welcome. agency freedom podcast let's go all right I don't mind saying it I'm really excited for this interview this is our first ever interview on the agency freedom podcast and it's not just anybody it is the one who chose to spend her life with me I'm still not exactly sure how that happened um, yeah, for those of you out there who are married to someone way out of your league, we all know how it feels to close the biggest deal of your life. It has nothing to do with a client. It's, uh, yeah, as Beyonce said, I liked it. So I put a ring on it and here we are 10 and a half years later, two babies, two houses, or I guess one house and two things that we rented, what, three cities and two insurance agencies. <laughs> Why don't you tell everybody out there uh, who you are and why you're sitting here, babe?
1: Hello, I am Allison. I am James's wife, the structure behind the agency, behind the podcast, the behind the scenes. Here I am. Um, I'm here because I've been part of this whole experience from the beginning, from what James talked about in the first episode uh, of being in graduate school and not knowing what to do and having boss after boss that he was not happy with and the discussion of I don't know what I want to do with my life and I'm me telling him well you need to kind of run your own thing so I've been here from the beginning and have seen it from from what it started out as to where it is now so it's been quite the ride.
0: So you've heard I think most of the episodes that have been uh, recorded to this point, specifically with episode one. You weren't here when I recorded that. You weren't here when I told that story. You feel like that's a pretty accurate depiction of how all that went down or do you want to edit anything?
1: No, I think that's pretty accurate. Um, I, we came to a point where I had heard so many situations that you had been in where you were disgruntled with bosses and I said, okay, let, I mean, you're not going to be satisfied with anyone else. You need to be your own bosses so you can find somebody to blame, oh, wait, look in the mirror and you can you can see who it is. I said it more kind than that, but it was essentially, hey, if you can't be satisfied with someone as a boss, then become your own.
0: I'm pretty sure those exact words came out of your mouth, that you're not going to be happy unless you're the only one to blame if something goes wrong.
1: Essentially, yeah. I I'm,
0: I'm think those exact Probably. words came from your mouth. That actually. sounds like me, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, the people listening to this podcast really fall into two categories. They are either those that are still in the captive world uh, that are either owning an agency or they're in a sales role in a captive agency. That's the first bucket of people. The second bucket is people that have already made their freedom jump and are listening to this podcast either because they f- for some reason find me entertaining or useful or or they're trying to grab best practices uh, and better themselves, their team, their agencies. I wanted you uh, to be my first guest, aside from the fact that you're smoking hot, and I really enjoy your company. And I wanted to look at you while we have microphones in our face for you know half an hour. Uh, selfishly, also, I wanted to score points with the person who you know owns the other forty nine percent of my company. I think it's good for business. Um, yes. Yeah. Aside from that, I thought it would be really cool if I ask you some questions about the other side of the equation because anybody who is owning a business uh, who is married uh, knows that it is one hundred percent a family affair. That um, yes, Allison and I are absolutely in this together, not just from a, a material, a financial perspective, but also from uh, a faith perspective. Uh, we don't talk too much. Uh, about explicit faith-related matters, but I mean, make no bones about it. Allison and I uh, definitely consider ourselves evangelical Christians, live by a biblical worldview, and all of our big decisions involve a lot of prayer and and engaging with our faith community and just digging deep into the the parts of decision-making that go beyond just logic and reason. So, we truly are partners in every sense of the word. This endeavor, uh, what we have accomplished in the last you know 26 months now with RiskWell is every bit, every bit as much Allison's achievement as it is mine or anybody else on the team. Um, so I thought it was really cool. Uh, it would be really cool to have you on uh, and have you share your perspective. Uh, I think for those of you out there that are listening, Uh, It would be a really good idea to share this episode with your spouse. If they're down for it, they may roll their eyes and say, I don't care about that. But I think there's probably a good number of spouses out there uh, that are supporting agency owners, supporting sales professionals, either on the captive side or those who've already made their freedom jump that would probably um, benefit from this conversation with my bride. So, um you want to just jump into the questions or is there anything else you want to add to that little monologue there?
1: Uh, I think that um just a little bit on my background. I come from a marketing oh, yeah. background.
0: Why don't you give us like the 3-minute version of how, you know, your professional world before you quit your job and sure. started at the agency full-time?
1: Sure. Well, when James first started, when we first got married, he was in graduate school and uh, I was the the breadwinner, primarily um, working in marketing in higher education, and we both desired to get up to the Dallas Fort Worth area. We lived in East Texas at that time, and so um, James started looking for jobs. I started looking for jobs. Um, he landed uh, an agency or an agency producer, or what was your technical title? Do you remember?
0: I was what, uh, what farmers at that time called a career agent. Okay.
1: So you became a career agent. We moved up to Dallas. I found another position, continued to be the breadwinner, um, as a, as a marketing director in higher ed. And then, uh, James started the the agency literally from scratch knowing no one. And, um, a, a few months went by and we were saying hey he's he's doing all right with this this is this is hard this is harder than anything you've ever done before but it's okay and um i think about 2 years in we started thinking okay well what do i need to do in order to quit my job and join the agency James and i are very different in our skill sets i think very differently than he does and uh just i'm uh, just overall very very different individuals And so we bring different things to the table. And so we were trying to figure out how can I quit my position and join the agency. And uh, through a lot of financial sacrifice and just putting aside my paycheck for a a few months, we, we took that leap and I joined the agency. And I will say the first year I was with the agency was the best year that you had. So... You're welcome.
0: <laughs> you know, you, you quit your job effective August 1st of 2015. Yes. yes. And 2016 was our best ever year Yes, um, as a captive agent. Um, and to refer back to what we talked about a couple of episodes ago, the EOS model, the Entrepreneur's Operating System model, uh, they basically say that a business is at its best When there is a visionary and an integrator. And typically those are two different people. For a a really small business, for a startup, sometimes, a lot of times in the early years, the founder of the business is stuck wearing both hats, being the visionary and the integrator. Uh, And I am really fortunate to have a bride who has the chops for business. She graduated from Baylor with a double degree in management and marketing. And she really was the ops side of the agency for, you know, about two years until she stepped away to be a professional mom. And she's great at the mom game. I think if she, uh, speaking candidly, she longs for uh, a future time when she's able to step back in and put that business hat back on. Um, But yeah, I think having someone who's actively participating in the process has been a real blessing.
1: Yeah. And it helped me understand just joining the agency for that two-year period. While I was involved in the agency decisions prior to joining officially, it really helped me see what was involved in the day-to-day, the struggles, the conversations, just the what was really needed in order to make this business pay our bills at that point and help us reach our goals. And so that Really helped me my perspective and uh, appreciate like what you started from and where you desired to go.
0: Well, and just to give some context for everybody, because you weren't there at that time, we didn't have a team. Uh, There was me on the sales and marketing side, and there was Allison on the ops and back office side, and that was the entire agency when we wrote five hundred and forty-seven thousand dollars in premium in twenty sixteen. And I thought I was riding on, you know, on the back of a dragon in some mythical fairy tale, like thinking at that point, my, I mean, my vision was so small compared to where it is now, but I thought that was awesome. And that was just the two of us. And we
1: celebrated. We were so excited. That was a huge, huge milestone that we had, had hit.
0: Yeah. I mean, that was the first year we'd ever done a half million in premium and that felt amazing. And I mean, now we're sitting here 2021 year to date, we're at like 1.4 million in written premium. We're already like 20% ahead of our revenue goal for the year. And I feel like we're just picking up steam with every month. It's really cool to see the difference in perspective um, just in in five years. I mean, it, it's as one of my colleagues, and honestly, I forget who it was. Uh, I think it was it was Ryan... Uh, Ryan Reynolds, actually. over Not Ryan Reynolds, the actor. Sorry. He shares a name with someone famous. It's kind of unfortunate. Uh, he is, I think, either in Lubbock or Amarillo. He basically said, yeah, uh, it's not going to be too long that you're going to completely forget about comparing captive against independent because they're just completely apples and oranges. The, everything that you think of as quote-unquote normal as a captive agent is so completely different on the independent side. The scale that we are able to operate at now is would never have been possible as a captive agent.
1: Yeah, it's it's a much different scenario where we are now versus five years ago. But that's the beauty of the industry. There's there's room for growth. And it's it's crazy the exponential growth that you can see year over year. I mean, when you're talking five years ago, where we are, where we were versus where you where you are now. It's
0: so from from the perspective of of the, the wife, the spouse, because there's plenty of, of boss babes out there that are ladies running their agency where the spouse is the husband in the family. Uh, I, I'm not some sort of antiquated dolt who thinks that all of the people listening are men. I'm sure there's a lot of ladies listening that are in that CEO position. So I think it's important that I'm not saying wife, it's spouse because sure. there's, there's plenty of people out there Absolutely. on the other side of the coin. Um, Before I jump into these questions, can you give maybe one or two specific examples from your position as the spouse in this little partnership here? Um, What has been easy things that you notice uh, as being different, like materially, functionally different from before when we were a captive agent versus now when we are where we are now about two years into this thing?
1: I think... Just overall, your mental state is easier to deal with. I think at, as a captive agent, you personally were struggling just because you, st- although you were independent, you still had the a, a company behind you, and you ha- you're a big ideas person, and you do not like to be limited. And you had so many ideas that were said no to just because they did not fit within the brand. Standards that had been set before you, and so I think from that perspective, uh, becoming independent is a, fr- a breath of fresh air. Uh, just because I feel like you're able to really work on what you want to work on and excel in things that you want to excel in, rather than what you're told to or expected to do to to hit a certain number. So I think your mental state is is much better, and also your ability to dream big is also much, much better uh, after going independent. Those are two very big things that stick out to me.
0: Cool. No, thanks, babe. The I'm going to jump right into these questions. Here. We've got six questions we're going to go into. Uh, and Allison's going to do most of the talking because they get to hear me talk in the other episodes. Um, I, I want you to be driving the conversation. Um, so the first question I've got here is... Knowing what you know now, two years in, a little more than two years in, do you have any regrets at all about our family choosing to make that freedom jump back in 2018, but when we decided to sell the captive agency?
1: Well, from a family planning perspective, I think it could have been better. I was pregnant and um, with our second child, and that was not ideal. However, we did it anyways. We moved forward, and that was a little scary, just not knowing, just what would be happening. So in that regard, I would say maybe doing it sooner rather than, um, later, uh, just because the longer you are in captivity, the longer you have renewals that you're stepping away from and the more relationships you have that you're potentially stepping away from. So that was really hard to say goodbye to all those renewals that we had had accumulated for what? Five five years?
0: Yeah, six years worth of renewals. Years? It, it was, was averaging tough. thirteen to $15,000 in revenue on a monthly basis. Yeah,
1: I think that was the hardest thing, just looking at, okay, we're going to have bills again for a new baby and all that's involved with that. And, and we also have another toddler that we have to take care of. And, oh, yeah, we have to take care of ourselves as well. So that was a little intimidating um so i think if i had if i had complete control over it i would say probably prior to having children (laughs) or young young children like in the beginning of so if you can if you
0: can stay away from (laughs) launching or making your freedom jump when you're pregnant and you have a toddler at the house you maybe want to consider that.
1: Possibly. But I mean, if I was working, that would be a different thing. Like if I had had a full-time position, that would be completely different. Yeah. And so it, it depends on the situation. But for us personally, it it was not ideal. It worked out. But that was something that was very relevant to our decision. And uh, a little, that was, that was hard.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember feeling a lot of extra stress uh, during that transition period, especially, I think because there was there was probably three, maybe four months where the planning was done for the new agency the the business plan was done, sales and marketing, the technology was selected, the carriers were all basically saying, yeah we 're not going to talk to you until your captive contract is officially done uh we don't want to get sued by your captive carrier." Uh, for breach of contract or tortuous interference or anything like that. So, I mean, three or four months of basically sitting on your hands and trying to find every way possible to be productive. Meanwhile, you have all your normal bills uh, that are are coming in just like they always are. Uh, And oh, by the way, your your wife is three months pregnant. Right. Um, Yeah. Looking back on it now, I probably uh, could have timed that a little bit better, Um, but... I think it worked out, you know. It
1: did. It it was it was really scary at the time and looking back it's it's easy to say, "Oh, it worked out." But at certainly at the time it was, "Are we doing the right thing? Is this the right time? Should we just put the brakes on this?" Should and we wait a year? Should we wait a year? Yeah. Should we say goodbye to another year of renewals once we once we leave. So, that
0: that, that is the decision that everyone is going to have to make if they're looking at the freedom jump. Yes. Because I will say the renewals don't get any easier to walk away from. They really don't. And when you're a captive agent, leaning on those renewals is, is critical um, because new business is not uh, always the easiest to get. Um, yeah, those renewals are, are pretty important. Yes. Anything you want to add there before we move on?
1: No, I, I do not want to deter anyone from if 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 you are pregnant or you're t- trying to have a, a child do do if do what's best for you in your situation.
0: Live and your life.
1: Live your life. Take yeah. risks, but
0: make sure you risk well, though.
1: You better risk well.
0: Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Insert cheesy dad joke here. Okay, wait a second. <laughs> Yep, that's right. I still have the uh, the buttons here. So I've been forgetting my handy sound effects from our, our road board. So I'm supposed to do this little whoosh thing when we change the subject. So there we go. So question two, share some thoughts of the experience of supporting your spouse in the frustration of living slash working in the captive world. What was that like for you?
1: Well, I touched on some of it already. Mm -hmm. Just your creativity being withheld to some extent. Yes. (sighs) Thank you for that. Not distracting at all. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, so your creativity, you you couldn't do what you wanted. There were so many ideas that you had and you proposed to to, uh, those that you needed to propose them to and you were told no. And that was really hard to watch because I know that you are an ideas person, you're a big picture person. And that was, that was really hard to see because I felt like you were being, you're not able to see the the big picture and Mm -hmm. just kind of being limited. Like it's your own business, it's your own agency, but you, you can only do it so far. And that was, that was tough because you have a lot of ideas and some of them failed Really bad, and some of them succeeded. And but you taking the oppor- having the opportunity to take those is really important for you to be able to grow, to test yourself, and to celebrate when they succeed and when they don't. You move on and learn from them. So that was that was the hardest for for the the captive stuff. I think for me.
0: Mm. No, I, I definitely think that was one of the driving factors. I got so tired of having to ask for either forgiveness or permission, either either yes. one. And yeah, I mean, as we've talked about a few times on, on episodes that have already gone out. Um, yeah, there was several times when I got my hand slapped for various things that I was doing to be unique and different. And yeah, I don't know who out there is, is the, uh, the Star Trek fans out there, but uh, the captive world kind of expects you to be like the Borg. Uh, they want you to be just like everybody else and be a good little agent and write a little bit of everything and keep your nose clean and be indistinguishable, be a, a drone, a generic copy and paste, you know, like everybody else, because that's how the captive carrier makes their money. Uh, I don't happen to care for that way of doing business because the only brand that wins in that situation is is the carrier the individual retail agent is lost in the shuffle
1: i think you had been uh, with with farmers for three weeks maybe a month when you first had that first question or found a loophole or a question and uh asked it one and probably one of your trainings saying hey what about this and somebody said You're not supposed to be able to understand that. How do you even, how are you even thinking along those lines? You're not even, you're not experienced enough to even know to ask this yet. And that should have been the first hint of, oh, okay, we got to buckle up for this guy.
0: Well, I mean, that was back in that career class with 12 people that started the career class. And a year later, I was one of two and 18 months later, I was the only one left out of 12 that made it through the interview process and actually got to launch a captive agency uh, with that company. So I mean, they, I don't know how they have recruiters. Honestly, I mean the washout numbers are, are just ridiculous. I would, I would think. From my personal experience, I only have anecdotes here. I don't have any hard data, but my gosh, like there, there's a there's a lot of people that don't ever make it through the first. I don't know, eighteen months, two years. I know according to. Uh, I forget if it's Big I or PIA. They said basically the, the five-year washout rate for scratch retail agents is something like 94%, 95% uh, that don't last five years. Um, so that's, <laughs> I can say it's a lot more likely that you're going to last five years on the independent side.
1: So I'm going to ask you a question actually. So just from a perspective of having built a a, a independent agency, Versus a captive agency. Let's talk about those first 18 months. Mm-hmm. How was it for you building that initial business versus the independent agency? Do you know, can you compare those two? Like the stresses, The uh, did you have kind of like PTSD in a way? Like how did, how did you feel processing that building of the agency for a second time?
0: I think the biggest difference between the two, and great question by the way. Thank you. Um, I wasn't ready for you to turn the mic on me like that. Um, the first time around, it was not just learning how to be a business owner. It was learning the practice of insurance at the same time you're learning how to be a business owner. Uh, it's, I, like I said a couple of times early, earlier episodes, I did it about the hardest way it could possibly be done. Uh, If I had it to do over again and I could go back to summer of 2012 and go through the whole thing over again, uh, I would definitely do it differently the second time. Um, Because moving to a new city, going into a new industry with no prior knowledge, no natural market, very little money in the bank, uh, no channel partners, no book of, of people to call on, Man, that was just incredibly, incredibly difficult. It literally put me in the hospital. Uh, I haven't really talked about that to this point,, um, but I had a persistent like migraine level headache that lasted literally two months.
1: yeah, I remember you being on the floor at Christmas that first year we were in Dallas, just and not being able to move, not being able to think. it was just just overwhelming it was that was not a fun fun time
0: no it. I literally thought there was something like medically wrong with me. As it turns out, there was nothing wrong with me. It was just my body reacting to an extreme level of stress that persisted for months at a time. Um, so I will say option B, the redoing the whole thing the second time was kind of like getting to you know rewrite your story. Um, the second time around, we had all of a completely different set of challenges, of course, uh, launching risk well. And uh, what, uh, what my friend and, and mentor, David Gruthers, calls the shiny object syndrome, um, that is a very big problem on the independent side. If you're not prepared for that, and I wasn't totally prepared for that because no one in the captive world had really warned me because most of them didn't have a clue because none of them have ever gone through and selected an entire battery of vendors. I mean, literally every piece of the tech stack uh, everything that goes into running an agency uh, from sales and marketing to back office to HR compliance and employment law and all the business owner things. Nobody tells you what to do. Like you have complete and total freedom to do whatever your heart desires. And for someone like me, that's always looking on the horizon, searching for what's the next big thing, but so I can get there before the other people get there. Because if you're, To the the next cool thing before the masses, well, then you get to enjoy the benefits of being an early adopter. And man, that is really tough when you are starting something brand new, especially coming from the captive world, where everything is chosen for you. You have no choices. All of your systems, all of your tech, all of your vendors are basically chosen for you. Uh, I think that's probably the, the biggest challenge of all of this is information overload uh, in, in decision fatigue. That's a phrase I haven't used too much in the first seven episodes we've recorded before this one. But decision fatigue is a real thing. Uh, and for people that are uh, yet to make their freedom jump, um, get ready because that's a real challenge you need to overcome. And uh, for those of our listeners that have already done that and are living in the middle of decision fatigue uh, and maybe you're you know, looking at you know, insert technology system here. I in IAOA the group. I swear it must be thirty or forty percent of every single post is hey. What do you guys think about insert vendor name here? I mean, it's like nobody knows where the search function is in that group because I mean the same twelve topics get talked about literally hundreds of times. Um, but I guess that's part of being in a Facebook group with uh, seventy five hundred people. So, uh, did that answer your question? I, I have a tendency to ramble, as you well know.
1: Do you? No, uh, I think it did. It's just I was just curious after, after two years under your belt versus the, the time that it, it is a very different situation. So
0: well, I will say unequivocally, I'm having a lot more fun than oh, I did the yeah. last time,
1: and yeah, I can tell it's it's very clear. Yeah, it's very very clear. But I will say the de- de- the decision fatigue is an absolute true statement. I remember you coming home and saying. I don't want to have to answer any more questions. I don't want to make any decisions. I'm done.
0: Don't and ask me what I want for dinner. Right. Don't ask me where it, we're going this weekend. Don't ask me what I'm wearing tomorrow. <laughs> Can I pull a Steve Jobs and just wear jeans, white New Balance, and a black turtleneck? Because I'm tired of making decisions. I mean,
1: at that point, it was just you. So you could uh, you could do whatever you want. But yeah it, yeah, it was exhausting. It was a It was a lot. Yeah. But we're in it for the long game, so... Got to be focused on that.
0: Hey, Freedom Jumper. Are you looking to take your business to the next level? Who isn't, right? Write more business and see your agency succeed with NBS, a nationwide brokerage solutions. They understand the challenges local agents face in the constantly changing marketplace. That's why they offer a wide array of personal and commercial markets and policy options to help you meet the needs of your customers, no matter how unique or outlandish they may be. With a team of experienced and dedicated professionals that provide you with the support and guidance you need to see your agency succeed, Nationwide Brokerage Solutions is here to support you every step of the way. Don't just survive in the competitive insurance industry. Thrive with Nationwide Brokerage Solutions. Get started today. Learn more at nbsbrokerage.com. So, what factors most influenced your decisions to... Oh, sorry. forgot the little uh, sound effect there. Oh, that was a close one. There. Yeah, hold on. Yeah, hold on to your hats, boys and girls. It's going to get rough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what factors most influenced your decision to support a move away from the captive world and make the freedom jump to launch a brand new thing. What was it about me coming to you and saying, I think I want to sell the captive agency that made you not go, hold on a second, you're crazy, we have a good thing going here? Like, why? What made you support me in my craziness?
1: Basically, you controlled your own destiny at that becoming independent. You were able to decide the carriers that you wanted to represent. You could decide what your priorities were if you wanted to focus on commercial or personal or fill in the blank. Um, that was something you could decide on your own rather than being dictated. Okay, you have to have this per- percent of personal, this percent of health, this percent of whatever fill in the blank.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, so that was really important, and also just the potential that I that could be with going independent. You had higher commissions. That was really nice, not just from the first year, but also with renewals. That was really nice to think about. Instead of um, a, a larger decrease over for renewals, it was a, a slightly less uh, decrease. So that was really enticing. Um, so the financial long-term seemed much more uh, beneficial to us. But that that jump of like what I said earlier, losing the renewals and just losing that comfort of having a company behind us and all that support that was really um, really scary. But also, I knew that you you were a big decisions person, and I didn't want or big big ideas, and I didn't want you to be held back and and look back on the last. X amount of years of your life and say, man, I wish I had done that. I wish I had changed. Because, I mean, you could, you only have one life. And I want to make sure that you are able to look back and say, feel with confidence say, that was scary, but I did it. And I tried it at least. Whether it failed or succeeded. We We did it. We We did it. It was truly, truly did. I'm looking at you, so I'm saying you.
0: Yeah. (laughs) But... I'm half being a cheese ball and half saying don't for one second discount your role in all of this because I promise you, I I know myself well enough. If I had come to you and said, this is what I want to do. And you said, I think that's a bad idea. I think you need to figure out a way to make this work. I would have figured out a way to make it work with, without a doubt in my mind, I, I would have stayed the course and I would still be a captive agent if my wife would have said I would... I don't think that's a good idea. I think you should stay the course. Well,
1: I definitely recall doing a pro con list. I think we did SWOT analyses. Mm-hmm. Um I I don't re- remember what else we did, but we did a lot of just analyzing. That's what I that's what my brain just goes to is You're analysis. The integrator. I am. You're the big ideas and I'm the Let's talk about this on an Excel spreadsheet and see what we can come up with. Um but That's actually
0: why I married you right there. <laughs>
1: because of my excel
0: the, the excel spreadsheet
1: the excel in excel if you will um so i wanted to I, I saw a lot of potential like i said earlier we are in it for the long game i want to be able to see the long the long run and ultimately becoming independent seemed more beneficial to us and to what we desired to do as an agency as a family than uh, remaining captive
0: that's a great answer. I really can't add anything to that. So moving now into something a little bit more current. And I know I, I asked when I gave you these questions ahead of time. I had it more past tense focused. But I want to make sure we stay engaged with the people listening that have already made their freedom jump. Uh, that are in, in the middle of the challenge. You know, potentially brand new independent agency owner. Or in the first few years and looking to find ways to grow uh, profitably to gain efficiency and and best practices and and you know figure out how to to grow to whatever your next level is. Um, so the next question here is really uh, what are some of the challenges that you faced personally as the spouse of someone who is not just launching but running an independent agency uh, a a business in in this vertical risk management insurance whatever your personal challenges as the The co-laborer. Do I go now? Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. That was a rambly question. Uh, This is where the listening audience rolls their eyes (laughs) or just presses that magical fast forward 30 seconds button.
1: Yes. Um, I think the biggest challenge is just the time um, that it takes because you're building the foundation of a business. If you if you miss something along the way in, the, in building that foundation, something's going to crack. If you get too big too quickly and you're not prepared for it, what you have built and what you have worked for is going to crumble. And coming from a business background, like I understand that. Um, I understand that you have to put in that time. You have to put in the research. You have to put in all that grit, really, and the decisions. I love that word. <laughs> And that takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of mental energy. It takes physical to some extent. I mean, you were trying to build this office, essentially, like figure out like, okay, I don't have a staff yet, but what are we going to do with this? How are, how is this going to work? Where do we need to be located in order to succeed the most? And so the time was, it was, and is still a really big factor in this entire equation uh ultimately we the ideal situation is you're able to be flexible down the road and be able to 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 go to ball games and go to things with with family and be able to go on vacation and not have to check your phone every few moments and
0: or we'll just take a vacation at all because that hasn't what? happened in oh the entire time that risk well has been a thing we haven't had a real vacation but that's
1: okay it's it's i understand. There's sacrifice involved in doing something like launching a business. That's yeah. something that I think we both understand, and that's
0: realistically part of that is COVID's fault. Um, but it's less than half of the time that Riskwell has been around. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if we are take a real vacation the rest of this year. It, it doesn't seem very likely at this point, since uh, the kids are the ages that they are. And I mean, for those of you that have traveled with a two and a four-year-old, it's not exactly a real vacation. So. Um I'm okay with waiting another year if you are.
1: Let's I mean, yeah.
0: Let's yeah. I mean, I could see an overnight trip or two, um but like the whole let's pack the bags and fly somewhere, that's just that isn't that isn't that doesn't seem like a lot of fun if I'm being honest <laughs> that, with you. That's
1: a lot right now. So I I think the time is the biggest situation. Um but I do like the kids are able to come up to the the office and see you and see you work hard and I do think that that Uh, They don't understand what's going on right now, but ultimately they'll be able to look back and say, yeah, my dad, he he showed us how to work hard. He showed us what determination looks like. He started literally from nothing and and built this. And so um, that's a challenge currently, but also something I think in the long run will be quite beneficial, just teaching that that dedication and and balance.
0: Well, I just have to you know grow this thing to a national best practice agency and 20 million in annual revenue by the time charlie graduates high school so no pressure you can share
1: your future business plan with me after we get off this podcast so i can analyze it
0: okay the the clock is ticking right i only have 14 years until he's graduating high school which is gosh it's an absolutely terrifying thing to say out loud oh my gosh wow okay um (laughs) I'm going to change the subject now so I don't pee my pants. Goodness. Um, question five. We only have two questions left. Uh, this this is going fast. I love it. Uh, what advice would you want to share with other spouses listening who are either trying to help their partner make the best decision about potentially making that freedom jump or for those that have already made the freedom jump, uh, how would you advise... Uh, those spouses to best support uh, their loved one in this endeavor and let me just say as a caveat to the question I could not possibly ask for a better companion a better support uh, than my wife Um, she has never once made me feel bad for working hard to build this thing she knows the challenge of balancing work and family uh, and she has been the absolute best supporter uh, that I could ever ask for. So uh, I don't know if there's anyone better qualified to to give this piece of advice. Whatever you're about to say,
1: I think that um, you have to ask questions. Uh, you can't just assume that someone is your, your partner or spouse is going to want to talk about it. Um, it just depends on your personalities. I I tend to be a question asker. Um, so, and I, cause I want to know, um, it's an aspect of control, you know, in in a way, just understanding whether I'm Mm -hmm. like hands-on involved or just behind the scenes. Um, so asking questions, asking hard questions, uh, like, what do you, what do you mean by that? You don't have, we don't have any business acumen, like experience truly. Like you don't know how to work QuickBooks. How are you going to run your financials? You don't know how to uh, run a profit and loss statement. Do you even know what a profit and loss statement is? Like things like that that are really important to running a business um, rather than just owning an agency. I think that's a really important difference, especially once you become independent because you're not just an agent anymore, you are a business owner. And that the, the onus is on you to produce everything. You have to be able to speak to your business. If you don't, if you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business, and things are going to kind of come come at you quicker than they pro- you probably expect them to. So that's really important to make sure that your your partner or spouse is is staying on top of those things, because from what I understand from what James has told me and just others that I've met in industry, typically most insurance agency owners do not have that business background. And so that's really important. Just like, what is your plan? Yeah. Then the money seems like it will be really great. Yeah. You look like you're going to be able to be flexible with your time and everything, but how do you get there? And being a constant supporter of that and, question asker is really, really important. And then just knowing how to read that person and when they need a break, when you can step in and help them just find a vendor or ask, like interview a potential candidate or even write up a word document or something Mm -hmm. for like a business plan or not a business plan, but like the, the handbook or, or something like that. Like use your skills in order to support your spouse or in your partner, because that there's a, it's a lot of pressure on one person to build an entire business by themselves. And so you are truly stronger when you work as, as a partnership rather than, oh, well, they're doing that. And I'm just kind of doing my own thing like that. It can be done that way, but it, it can also be, there's a reason they're your spouse or your partner. It's because you, you're able to work together well, generally. And so what are your what skills can you bring to the table in order to help your spouse or partner succeed? Now, I Ultimately, making you succeed.
0: I I really um, I agree a hundred percent. In fact, you deserve a round of applause.
1: Oh, thank you, thank you. I'm blushing.
0: So the thing that I would add to that, from my perspective, is the division of labor. I feel like in our family. Is Probably one of the things that we do best. Uh, I know you get annoyed sometimes of me saying that our house is your kingdom that you are the queen of our house and a lot of times I'm the guest. <laughs> it feels like I, I am a visitor in your kingdom when I come home and you have your way of doing all the things and I do my best to keep up with uh, with what that looks like. I think the division of labor from the spouse uh, if if one uh, member of, of a marriage is predominantly responsible for driving the business. It really helps if someone else uh, is leading out in a, in a real material way at home and there's clearly defined roles and responsibilities where the crossover happens. Like This is probably the only time in the history of Agency Freedom Podcast that I'm going to talk about unloading the dishwasher, um, but Starting the dishwasher and unloading it first thing in the morning, like refilling the, the water filter, uh, mowing the lawn, taking the trash out. There are very specific things that I know I'm responsible for as a co-laborer with you. And I think it's, I mean, so many of the things on the financial, the like you said, the business acumen because of your background. I don't have any formal business training at all. We've talked about that deficiency in my skill set on AFP and other episodes It is so wonderful to have a bride who is great at a lot of things that I'm not great at and probably will never be great at Uh, because, I mean, you know how I feel about that. I'm not going to spend any time and energy getting great at the things I suck at. I'm just going to double down on my strengths and either hire or delegate, um, outsource or delegate, I should say, for the things that I'm not good at. Some of those outsourcing and delegations ends up being something that you do uh, as a support of, of the rest of the equation. Because, as we've said before, um, when you're a business owner, there's only one bucket. All of the personal resources come out of the same bucket that the business resources are. And, you know, I had this conversation uh, with Addie on our team last week. We were talking about uh, a, a potential additional revenue stream from uh, me joining uh, Obi. Uh, as a member of their uh, staff at some point. And we haven't talked about any specifics, but the public knows that I'm going to be having some kind of a position on Obi's team. And we had talked about uh, with Addie, just talking about how everything comes from the same bucket. So, as a business owner, anything that we can do to drive revenue, to add more to the family's revenue, means it's less revenue that comes out of the business to pay the mortgage, to buy groceries to have swimming lessons for kids, for instance. I mean, it. when it all comes out of the same bucket, having your spouse, having your life partner, rowing the boat in the same direction that you're rowing the boat, my gosh, what a blessing. So getting on the same page or staying on the same page is just so important uh, for long-term sanity, but also just enjoyment. Uh, and and productivity of course like we've already talked about so anything you want to add there
1: i think uh, yes i do think that um you have to recognize that there are difficult days there are difficult weeks there are difficult months but things are changing likely a year from now things will be different than they are right now uh if you're building an agency, things will be different six months from now, a year from now. If you're in year three of becoming, of being independent, things will look different at year six. So just from a a family work life balance, it, it should get better. And if your spouse or partner is still being challenged with that, then that's a conversation to have. It's about communication. It's about Mutual respect, understanding what your role is, what your spouse's or partner's role is, and working together. I think you should be in the same boat, not and going the same direction. Mm-hmm. And just
0: rowing the boat in the same rowing direction. Rowing the boat
1: in the same direction, being in the same boat.
0: No. Not adjacent boats. <laughs> yeah, Let's be clear I, on that. I
1: visualized this. parallel boats when you said that. No. So
0: <laughs> no, we're we're in a, a crew we're we're in crew. Yeah,
1: we're totally in crew.
0: Yeah. I mean Yeah. I I definitely have the crew physique. Oh yeah,
1: me too, dude. Yeah. And I love getting up really early in the morning. Yeah. Anyways, so but yeah, just like what James was saying about doing those things at the home um, with the dishwasher and stuff like that. That's really valuable to me. And then they- I forgot
0: my favorite part, putting yes. the kids to bed. That's so That sweet. is that is I am selfish and zealous for that time. Yeah. I I mean I we were at a, a real estate investor event earlier this week and that's the aside obviously covid is a main reason why there hasn't been anything but I made a very conscious decision a long time ago that I'm not taking appointments in the evening. I don't have events that I regularly go to. I don't meet with clients or prospects after 5:30 like And if I do, like this event on uh, two nights ago, there was more than a thousand real estate investors at a large event and Allison gave her blessing. And so we did it. Um, But it's definitely a one-off, like being zealous and protecting your family time. Um, If I have to answer the phone after 5.30, uh, it better be really important or else I'm I'm stealing from family time.
1: And you're likely being stared at by a four-year-old saying, hey why aren't you talking Dada, to me dad dad play with me
0: dad <laughs> dad hey come here
1: yeah or being tugged on or or yeah. whatever but i will say in that regard when we did not have children uh i guess well you you've been captive the entire or uh, independent excuse me the entire time that we've had both kids but prior to having our first child i was gung ho about you going to those evening events like like what i was saying about building that foundation So if you can, and your relationship is not sacrificed in order to make that happen, I say, do it, do it while you can, before you have kids that are saying, Hey, why are you, why are you home so late? Hey, why can't you, why can't you go to my practice or, or whatever? So that's something that I think is, um, if you can, and if you have that flexibility to do those after hours things, then do them. And uh, James has made hard decisions and pri- and prioritized family over evening events, and so that's that's something that he decided. It's not necessarily right for everyone, but it's something that we we mutually decided upon, and I think it's been very beneficial to their family.
0: Yeah, no, I definitely agree. There there is not a single thing I would rather be doing yeah. at six or seven o'clock than having alone time with my kid, putting him to bed. I mean, with respect to my clients, there's not a single client that I want to be with more than my my son or daughter at that point. So, if if you need me at 7 p.m. on a Wednesday, then maybe I don't want you for a client. Unless there's like an emergency, like legitimate, I need you right now kind of emergency. So, last question. We are just about on time where I thought we'd be. So, yeah, the last question here is, and this is a fun one. What are some of your most positive memories of the last uh, 2 years? Like we, made, let's just say 3 years. We made the decision to sell the captive agency. We ended up going through that wonderful process. So much fun. <laughs> and actually sold the captive agency and then launched from $0, a premium zero revenue brand spanking new and here we are 26 months later uh, with a team of 6 and just full head of steam. Uh, what's, what's it been like for you? What are maybe one or two standout memories in the last time?
1: I think the process of building the team has been very important. I think that uh, having the, the people and the team behind you has been absolutely vital to uh, the success that the agency has had. I think that having the right people in the right positions allows you as an agency owner to do what you need to do. Um like you said earlier just you are able to work on the things that you are best at and you can outsource as in hire out, hire for the things that you are not the best at or you do not you're not quick at or you don't enjoy. So I think that's you've made really strong decisions in regards to that. So that I'm I'm proud of that. I like our team. I like bringing Bringing the kids up to say, "Hey, here's here's Dada's office. Here's the people that that we're able to provide for because of debt da- because Dada works so hard. That's something that we're able to uh, to show, and we're able to help impact others other families financially because of the yeah. decisions that you've made. And so that's been really exciting because prior to prior to going independent, we had one other employee. Once I had our son." And she was wonderful and then had to move on. And so we really started from scratch, I think, a month into becoming independent. Is that right?
0: It was literally our Ooh, first day in business.
1: Timing. Timing. Um, that yeah. was that was we, a big blow. We, <laughs> we delayed
0: the official launch of the agency yes. because of... Uh, an incident that happened regarding that person was yeah. totally out of their, out control. Of their control and yeah. the person that we had thought was going to be w- launching with us. Yeah. I haven't really talked that much about that particular challenge, yeah. but the, the lady who has been with us for two years at the captive agency and with us during the transition ended up having a, an emergency situation and she had to leave our team. And I mean, there was literally like the week that we were launching right. and, brecklin wonderful brecklin had was literally starting the monday after this happened on a friday i haven't really talked about that i i like skipped over that little thing at the very beginning of the agency but it ended up being okay uh it was a very different start to uh, brecklin's time on our team than she yes. thought she was gonna yes. get but my gosh i mean we have the best team so flexible um, I, just as a quick aside it feels so good to have a situation where we can create opportunities for people to deploy their talents and have a satisfying, enjoyable uh, career and, and provide for their families uh, and help us mm-hmm. row the boat, to use that analogy. yeah, Gosh, that feels good.
1: Right. It does. It really does. When you look back and say, hey, we're able to provide for others, that's that's so rewarding.
0: Winning is more fun when we get to win together. It
1: is. Yeah.
0: yeah, this is this is not a solo sport. That's that's for sure.
1: Speaking of not solo sport, I was my other point was going to say just the the network of resources that you have after becoming independent. I think joining IAOA was one of the pivotal decisions of of you uh, becoming independent. That was that that group has been so helpful yeah. in you deciding on vendors and having really hard questions that. I don't know the answer to, you didn't know the answer to, but others that have had that experience were able to provide to you. And I, I do feel like the camaraderie is stronger as an independent agency Mm -hmm. rather than the captive because that in a way you were competing against other captive agencies or Mm -hmm. other captive agents. You're looking at that monthly rank. You were looking at the annual, like, okay, where do I fall against these people I'm friendly with? And in this, in as an independent, you're kind of against like, you're, you're helping each other and supporting each other. Cause you're, you're spread out all, all over the place and you're not in like a certain district or anything like that, essentially. So I think that has been really neat to be able to hear about all the people, you know, across the United States, um, who you have met in Arizona or you're going to meet or that you've messaged with or, um, or
0: in Tampa or in in November, San Antonio in September at brain share. Thank you, Jason Cass. I mean, the, the very act of joining IAOA is directly responsible for this podcast even existing Yeah, because uh, I met uh, Jason Cass through IAOA uh, got to, you know, have those experiences with other people and it was a hey who the heck is this Jenkins guy oh hey you know what what do you think about maybe doing a podcast on our network and here we are two or three months later and it's all because of the right people at the right time thank you IAOA um man I mean I joined the group two months before our agency even launched yeah there hasn't been a single decision that I've made as the leader of Riskwell that has not been Fundamentally influenced by IAOA, like they really are my tribe.
1: You learn from those experience, and that's what hopefully this podcast will help with people that are trying to make the transition, or in the middle of it, or kind of where we are. or Who knows? Yeah. So that it's just that sharing of experiences, although they're different, they're still kind of shared because it's you still have to build from somewhere. So, um, that's been really neat. And I just, I think the camaraderie is really strong and I'm, I'm very happy to, to hear about the, what, what you have learned and gleaned from, from others in the field.
0: Well, that's a great way to finish that one. As we wrap up here, we are coming up on an hour, uh, that we've been recording uh, thank you for making time for this, by the way. Is there anything that you want to end with? Any last thoughts? Any words to kind of wrap up this interview? Our inaugural interview for the Agency Freedom Podcast?
1: Well, I am honored to be selected as the first. I know you do have some people lined up that are pretty cool. So the fact that I'm the first is pretty pretty special. Um, but just things things can be scary. Take it day at a, a day at a time. Um, just... I want to be supportive of you as much as I can be um, without like enabling you to make bad decisions. Um,
0: (laughs) I can make bad decisions all on my own. Yes. I don't need anyone's help.
1: So can I. That's so crazy. Um, But I do think that just having somebody in your corner is so important. And otherwise it's, you do feel like you're on an Island and it's a lot of, a lot of pressure, a lot of questions, a lot of decisions that you have to make by yourself. And just having somebody to talk to about it, even if they don't understand, just having somebody to to listen is really vital. And um, if you don't have a partner or a spouse, somebody like a, a a business coach or somebody to talk things through with, because it would be really hard to do it all alone.
0: Well, we are not all alone. In fact, we are hashtag better together that's right thank you IAOA mm-hmm. and that is a wrap on this uh, this uh, interview thanks for being the first uh, first and obviously my personal favorite of course um, so yeah that is it for uh, for the interview here I'll have the the same three requests we have every time boys and girls uh, please subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on uh, that helps drive the algorithm Really appreciate that. Take 30 seconds and leave a review if you like what you hear. Uh, You can leave a review for Allison this time because she definitely uh, adds a completely different dynamic uh, to my equation. And the last and most important one, especially this one, I'm not just going to say invite uh, and share this episode with someone in the captive world. I will challenge everyone listening to this. Share this episode with your spouse. Allow this conversation to create and trigger perhaps more conversations with your spouse uh, to see how you can better engage with your spouse to drive efficiency, effective growth, uh, and profit. And at the end of the day, just more enjoyment in your life, in your business. So thank you for listening. It is a privilege I do not take lightly. Uh, we uh, we had just a couple of days ago, we saw that there was uh, almost 2,000 downloads in the first 30 days, which is just staggering to me. I, I have no idea how that's even possible. Very humbling. So thank you for that. I will endeavor to continue being worth your time. And that's all for this episode of the Agency Freedom Podcast, where we take our listeners from captive to indie to market domination. As always, I'm your host, James Jenkins. Make it a great day, boys and girls. We will talk to you soon. Thanks.
2: Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it. Really? We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good, terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows,